are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Welcome everyone. You are tuned into the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac and I'm joined by some very handsome young men in the studio today. What's up? Thank you. Not Thank you. you. Hey, Robin. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How are you? Fine. How's it going? Good. Okay. Yes. You too. Hi. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> um, today, we are discussing a topic following on from our episode where we covered idolatry. It's <laughs> the name of it. It's just, yeah. Very, yeah. I don't know, harsh. But anyway, today we're also start, well, discussing something equally serious. But um, yeah, Cookie, why did we choose Robin to come in today? Uh, because he's a weird guy. <laughs> and he's someone weird. <laughs> yeah, he fits right in. Yeah, well. Yeah, so he fits the mold. No, kidding. Uh, we, we're talking about addictions today. And um, people out there, people in general, people in life, even Christians, you know, struggle with all kinds of things, all kinds of addictions. And um, some people are still struggling with addiction some people are going through the process of getting over their addiction some people are, some people are totally delivered if i can use that word mm. um, from their addictions but i i you know it, I, the whole subject of addictions is something that we we don't discuss enough um especially in in church circles because sometimes we make the assumption that because somebody comes to church you know they're they're good and they're sorted and yet you know people in church do struggle with stuff all kinds of stuff, you know, it could be substance, substance abuse, it could be um, things like porn, you know, and a whole bunch of other things. So, so today we just want to discuss the whole reasoning and the whole thinking and just the whole thing behind, you know, addictions that what, what actually causes people to become addicted to, to stuff and what's the journey like and what, what steps can be taken to to deliver people from from um, from addiction. So Robin, Robin is a good friend of ours and um, really cool guy. Like I said, he's a bit weird. No, I'm kidding. He's a, <laughs> he's a really cool guy. So what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna let Robin introduce himself, tell us a bit about who he is, and um, then we'll get the show on the road. Sure. Robin. So my name's Robin, as everyone has said already. Um, yeah, been around a little while. Um, 35, married, two kids. Um, had some interesting life experiences, yeah. <laughs> and yes, the like you guys are talking about, you know, addiction is it's it's everything. Everything in life has an addictive Quality. property to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's substance, you know, some people run. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily drugs or porn yeah. or drinking. It's there's a multitude of things. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah. All right. So we actually did an episode a few weeks a few weeks ago. We were talking about adultery, like T Max said, and we actually touched on um some addictions because they can become mm. idols. But I guess you know what what I want to World Cup. <laughs> yeah, World <laughs> But I guess you know what I, what I want to hear from you, Robin, um, is you're involved in youth ministry, and um and of course, like you mentioned, you're you're a dad. Um, I w- I wanna. I guess I want you to, to, to talk a bit about your journey, yeah. right? About 
the the kind of life you used to live i guess you know before yeah. before you 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 became um serious about god and before you got to where you are today um so i guess my first question would be uh what kind of issues did you face what kind of addictions did you have to to, to struggle with yeah yeah um well we'll, we'll start with the the win yeah. um and the you know like when i left school um that was pretty much when it began um high school yeah when i left high school um my i've been border from grade one so you know you learn independence whether you like it or not and you know, it teaches you how to be a strong character, but bullheaded sometimes. But it, it leaves certain gaps in your life. Um, and, you know, one of the gaps, now that I'm an, an older Christian man, I can I can see a gap where my dad played a crucial part in not being in my life. Mm. Um, you know, your father, even me speaking from a father's perspective, is supposed to ingrain certain qualities, certain uh, principles in your life um, and you know me without having my dad it, it left me with a certain side of my character that was really weak you know stubborn hot tempered but there was a, a side of me that was still broken yeah. um, you know so people that are loud and you know in your face are generally the people with the biggest issues <laughs> You know, self confidence, mm. um, and that that was that that was a a, a huge issue for me was yeah. was self confidence, and you know, so you are you have self confidence issues, which then leads to wanting to fit in, you know. So right. it doesn't necessarily become a peer pressure, but pressure on yourself yeah. uh-huh. to to wanting to make yourself fit in. You know, right. it's not not from anyone outside, but you're in this big wide world when you leave school, you, you know, you've got your first job, you moved into your own place if mm. you're that lucky. And, you know, like, wow, okay, so what does it take for me to fit in? Yeah. <clears throat> and inevitably, because you lack self-confidence to say, I don't do this, I don't do this, and I don't do this. You're like, oh, well, this is the status quo, so that's what we'll do because right. I don't have my own set of... Values, principles, yeah, principles. my own set of values. Yeah. yeah. So how how did you actually then begin? Like, what what was the first step into into the whole uh, world of substance abuse? Well, first step was boarding school. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, on weekends and stuff like that. Um, you know, my parents moved um, from Mvuma, which is a little town down the road. To, yeah, down to, the road. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to to Mutari. Um and so like I was still at boarding school in Gweru, so I would have to spend weekends with some of my friends because they couldn't always come uh, and pick me up. Yeah. So of course, well, you know, I'm lonely. <sighs> what do we do? Mm. So you go to a sports club or whatever, and that's where it kind of began. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a major way, but very subtly. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. And then when, like, coming towards the end of my high school career, it it was now leavers dinners, and it was just a mess, yeah. <laughs> just just a complete mess. Um, and that that's pretty much where it began. Hey, trying to trying to fit in with the crowd, you know. Um, in a form four, I moved across to Hillcrest um, for my last two years of high school, and you know, the new kid. So last two years of school, so you don't really connect with anyone. 
And, you know, you saying, I am the weird guy, I was. So you fit into a very small crowd of people. Uh-huh. And, but you want to be a part of the bigger picture. Yeah. And how do you get into the bigger picture? By being noisier than everybody else, so everyone takes notice. Yeah. And at a party, you get drunker than everybody else, so everyone takes notice because yeah, everyone's noticing. You know, you mm, make right. you feel better about yourself. But it's yeah, it's really, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie that you tell yourself. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I want I want to get into the into the into the deeper stuff. Uh, maybe we can we can we can accelerate it a bit. But I want I want to know that. Okay. So from from high school, you obviously uh, started to to do what to do what you did. How deep did you actually end up going in, in, in this direction? So in that, uh, so I didn't have my dad in my life very much. He was an alcoholic himself. Right. Um, and by the time I left school, I pretty much hated everything and everyone. And the couple of friends that I had made in town when I, when I moved out and got my first job were not exactly the best influence on me. So my goal by the time I was 19 was to drink myself to death. Wow. Like literally? Literally. Okay. Um, and in less than two years, I had my stomach pumped four times for alcohol poisoning. Whoa. Uh-huh. So I got in quite deep. Could you take your goal seriously? Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so wow. you know, yeah. that mixed up with a bit of mandrax here and there, you know, just throw in whatever you can. You know, everyone knows what a hubbly bubbly is. So, you know, best of both worlds, you have a hubbly bubbly through tequila. You know, just stupid, stupid Ex- stuff. A lot of experimenting. Yeah. All right. So, okay, at, at what point did you um, then, in fact, before I get there, I want to know, I'm pretty sure, you know, getting into the hardcore stuff, Right, is quite pricey, isn't it? Expensive to start doing yeah. things like coke and and yeah. Well, that's why you hustle all week so you can party all weekend. Okay, but I, I just want to know what 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 kind of figures are we talking about? Yeah, <sighs> that's a while ago. So figures yeah. then and now don't match. Okay, uh, basically, what I would hustle in a week would probably be the equivalent of about three or four hundred dollars now a week, okay. and we'll blow it between Friday and Monday morning. <laughs> right. Wow. Week in, week out for two years. Wow. Yeah. All right. So my three friend, uh, two other friends and myself, we'd go to the supermarket. We'd hustle like crazy the whole week. Uh, go to the supermarket. We'd buy two or three cases of vodka each just for the weekend. Oh wow! Like <laughs> <laughs> cases of vodka. Wow. Yeah, and then whatever you drink inside, whichever pub you go to, mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, Such it was ridiculous. Lifestyle. So okay, when you got your stomach pumped the first time, wasn't it scary? Scary enough to tell you, okay, I don't think I want to go through that again. Uh no. No. No, I just felt like hell when I woke up. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Whoa, okay, I'll wait a few days, mm-hmm. and that was it. Okay. So you know, when you when you're in that mindset, you know, one of the one of the most real emotions is loneliness. Mm. And one of the things that you're doing when you get addicted to a substance or something is you're filling that loneliness yeah. with a friend. Mm-hmm. Whether that friend is your running shoes or that friend is a bottle or your phone or series on TV. You know, that that becomes your friend. Mm. 
that you can this is my lonely place mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but you had your your comrades <laughs> who you were doing it with so they didn't really fill that void for you at all well no there's no one that can fill that void for you mm. you know being a christian man now the only one that can fill that void is god yeah and people are so superficial mm. you know from from your deepest relationships to some of your acquaintance type of you know the they don't understand no one will ever truly understand what your heart is like until you reveal it and when you're in that space you are not a strong enough person to reveal it yeah right you know so no they won't they'll they'll drive you further down mm. um and it just gets worse and that's why you'll get so many people on substances that will only come out of it when they find some form of religion or they find a purpose in their lives because yeah. it takes focus on me and my selfishness and my self-absorbedness into something positive something that brings light into your life mm-hmm. yeah uh you know what what i want to ask uh, i guess what we're discussing um is we're talking about you uh pre being saved or being born again yeah. right but <clears throat> what i want to know is after you you then made the decision mm. to to start serving god yeah um had you already decided to to stop or was no. was that was that a no journey ways. that's how, a, how, how did that pan that, out that's a that's a journey on its own yeah you know yes i know god okay that's the first step of many <laughs> right you know it's it's not it's not all it's not all clean sailing it's not this this magic remedy that just takes all your problems away right if anything it magnifies everything but it gives you the courage to face it mm. you know probably when i first became a christian within 3 months i was like you know i need to go and get all this partying out of my system <laughs> <laughs> well that was it you know let me go putting i went properly oh, yes. you know what caribas like for new years oh my god oh i'm sure you've heard stories yeah so i was a part of the crew that went up to set up the party mm-hmm. wow <laughs> what a mess yeah. <laughs> you know it was just ridiculous on on ridiculous levels mm-hmm. um i'd broken my ribs a couple of days before i rode up to here to arari on my bike just popping painkillers drinking beer just full on mental yeah mental yeah. mental mental and you know then you come back out of it and you get back home and you're like oh, maybe that's out of my system now yeah and it's a couple of weeks and it's a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. it's a couple of weeks and you trip and you fall and you trip yeah, and you fall and, and yeah. you know the only time when that really gets out of your system it it takes a long time right um it does because your body still craves whatever you've been addicted to your mind still craves it uh-huh. you know when when you when you give yourself a high whether it's running or whatever your your brain is releasing endorphins mm-hmm. which then give you that feeling of happiness mm. and it takes a long time to reprogram your brain to get out of that yeah um you know i was i was on and off cocaine for 14 years 
You know, and it, it's not a joke, hey? And people are like, oh, he's on Coke. Yeah, it's, it's not a joke. How often do you drink a cup of coffee? If you use tea as an example, yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot, you know, like three or four in a day. That's, Why are we asking such questions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on? No, no, I like coffee too. Don't <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it's like. You know, it'll be on and off and you won't yeah. even think about it. Because, yeah. oh, it's just a cup of tea or it's just a cup of coffee. Mm. Um, it's just a series. It's just this. It's just that. You know, and yes, some of the stuff is more sinister. Yeah. But it's the same motive mm. behind it. And that, that was it for me. You know, you, you're, trying to, you're trying to fix uh, a gap. You're trying, to, you're trying to fix a piece of yourself that's broken that only God can fix. Right. And, you know, the more you focus on God, the more you allow God to use you to, to further his kingdom, those things fall away. Mm. Right. And, and the more from your heart you can say, God, help me, release me from this stuff, the the more the peace sets in yeah. and and that that's what i love so much about about being a christian and and you know when you're in a difficult situation and you're like i don't know what to do there there's a peace yeah that that surpasses all understanding and there comes a point where you have released yourself truly from the depths of your heart when you said god just help me please and you really really cry out to him uh-huh. and it goes like that. Right. But it, it takes you to get to that point where you're like, I don't need this. I don't want it. Right. And, you know, there's other stuff where I've dealt with, where I've, where I've cried out to God really just on my knees in tears and it's gone. Yeah. But it took the better part of 14, 15 years to get to, to get that, to that point. point. Mm. So, and I like what you're saying about, about process, right? That, that it's a process. Because often what we think is that, you know, when someone comes to God or when someone decides to get serious about God, mm. you know, then all of a sudden um, these things begin to happen. Like I know a yeah. lady from, 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 from my church who's, who's in the band and, and, and she smokes, right? And I remember uh, the, first, like the first days I used to kind of think, huh, a Christian. You smoke. Like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, as, as, I've, been, as, I've, as I've grown and as I've come to understand that, you know, the church is a place full of people coming from all sorts of mm. places. And sometimes, you know, we, we make these judgments about people without understanding where they're coming from. Mm. Right. Um, so, so I think that the thing that I just want to ask is, would you say then that even today, right? There, there, there are people in the church that are going through the same things that you are going through. 100%. And, and maybe going through it in silence, don't know who to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. It, that's, that's not even really a question. Um, everyone's going through something. Right. You know, and the, the core of anything that you're going through comes down to where are you with God and what are you allowing him to do in your life? Because a lot of us are comfortable in our own mess because it's a comfortable place. Yeah. You know, you don't have to deal with anything. You don't have to face your fears. You don't have to face any hurt that you've got in your heart. You don't have to face anything where a person's offended you, hurt you. You don't have to, basically, you don't have to face your demons. Mm. You know, and everyone, because it's familiar, it's comfortable. You know, and and a a place of growth, a, a place where God wants you to be is where your comfortable place is being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're growing from strength to strength. Mm. 
you know, and I've been through a lot of stuff just in the last couple of years of my life where I've really had to face issues, you know, um, and what do you have to gain by holding on to it? You weren't built to carry it in the first place, yeah. <laughs> you know. You were built to be in communion with God. You mm. were built to give your burdens to God. Yeah. You were built to carry His because God says, give me your burdens. Mm. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. So what are we doing holding on to our issues, you know? And and when when that's sunk in my thick skull, that really, it, it really helps set myself free, you know, because, you know, the Bible tells us what, what Father... Would his son ask for a fish? Would he give him a snake? You know, that's not God. Yeah. You know, God is a God of love. He, you know, his son paid the ultimate price yeah. for, for the world, but you as an individual, that yeah. you don't have to hang on to your loneliness, your depression, your, your anything, mm. you yeah. know, and to, to set you free from, from a substance, is, it's almost easy I, I don't want to use that callously, but it's almost easy because the substance or whatever you're hooked on is filling a space of loneliness, of of depression. And that's God comes to, to give you joy, peace, understanding. He comes to give you these things. He wants to, to fill that space with nothing but love. Yeah. And with that comes peace. Yeah. Well, can I actually ask how it is you came to know God? My mom prayed for me a lot, yeah, um, a lot, a lot, um, and God was definitely knocking on the door for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had three car accidents in six weeks. Whoa, <laughs> your life, girl. <laughs> so you know, I had a, the last accident. It wasn't a major anything. It was a minor incident, bit of dent on the door, and then I was like, you know what? I got out the car, I closed the door, I walked up the road and I said, you know what? I threw my hands up in the air and I said, you know what, God? Okay, let's see what you got. <laughs> and that's where it started. <laughs> yeah. Actually, your mom was like, you coming to church? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, lit- I literally, and it was just before my mom was about to go to a home group that she was involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, um, okay, do you want to come? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's that weird moment where your prayer is answered and you're like, like is this uh, actually happening? Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, That's crazy. So yeah, my, my mom spent a lot of time praying for mm. me and, and the people that she was in home group with as well. And, yeah. you know, one of my now good friends also, I mean, he reminded me the other day of, he was ministering to me. We were standing outside Nando's in Mutari. Yeah. yeah. Can't remember a thing. Oh, yeah, because you are. So there's multiple, oh, multiple yeah. layers. Yeah. Yeah. But, but okay. The question I have, Robin, is this, that, okay, so you're, you're a white guy, and generally, the, the belief, or even what I've observed, is that when, when, when Twy owns get into this stuff, they just go back, back wild, right? They go oh, yeah. all out, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the, the general belief is that the white guys are the ones that do things like ecstasy and, oh, yeah. uh, and coke and all this other stuff. Mm. Right and and then what do the black guys do? Black no, black guys. They they more reserved. I'll I'll be very blunt. Black guys are more reserved. Yeah. They so, they there's drunk or yeah. high and then there's white drunk. Yes. Oh, Where guys okay. just go a bit. So like, what, 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 what what's wrong with you people? 
that way the question was going. <laughs> you, you know, there, there's a. Uh, I did not. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's totally okay. And it's a very real question. What's wrong with you guys? You know, like, your culture is very compassionate. You know, yes, you, your father figure is quite rough. But your culture in its nature is very compassionate. You know, when this one dies, mothers, brothers, aunties, everyone's taking care of the kids. Right. It's very compassionate. With us, yeesh, it gets a bit hectic. You know, a lot of people, some kids that have been orphaned, it's, okay, cheers, you're on your own. You know, a lot of kids just get abandoned. They have abusive parents. You know, I'm not saying that it's not in black culture, but, yeah. you know, and those pent-up issues. Right. Um, they just... They, you know, it's a release because now you have no inhibitions. Uh-huh. So, hello, you go for it, whatever it is, mm. you know, and that, that, that restraint just, it's all the frustration. It's everything that you're trying to express uh-huh. comes out, you know, and, and there's a way of expressing yourself. There's a way of, of handling yourself, you know, and it comes down from our parents. Interesting. You know, what are they, what kind of person are they grooming you to be? Uh huh. You know, you know, I have the utmost respect for, for Tommy and, and his brothers. And I, I look at Tommy quite a lot. You know, he's younger than me, but I, I have a lot of respect for him. And I have a lot of respect for his dad, you know, because his dad was a father. Yes, you get up to mischief and all that sort of stuff. But when your father has trained you to be a man, from whatever age you are, when your father has trained you and loved you and assured who you are, you're a different person. You right. don't need that outlet. Right. You know, you don't need some substance-induced mentalness to become a real person. Right. <clears throat> because all that stuff is inside of you already. Yeah. You know, how is it coming out? When are you letting it out? Mm. Yeah. You know, Tommy gets excited over good things. And it's, it's good energy. It's channeled the right way. You can go and have a bri and have an absolute blast. Like we used to, when I first became a Christian, um, there was a group of young guys in the church. We used to go up to Small Bridge Dam um, just outside of Matari. We'd have a bri, talk rubbish, go swimming, just have a gas. Yeah. Have an absolute gas. But good fun that you can remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it didn't require anything for you to have fun. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are trying to, they're hiding. They're trying to make themselves feel better so they can have fun. Mm. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask about that in terms of, like you said, you had a group of guys. But I think for some people, like, for example, you're saying the loneliness was a huge factor when you mm. were doing the drugs. And then you came to church, but I'm sure you were still to some extent an odd one out. So how do you reconcile that? Because I think also as Christians, we tend to judge people. Yeah. And then you tell your kids, don't be friends with that one. <laughs> like, no. Because you know they're past and you don't want yeah. your kid to be influenced or whatever. Yeah. So you have this person who's come to the Lord, but then they're still lonely yeah. inside the church. Yeah. You know, that, that's so true. And, and people forget 90% of the people in church are broken and they're looking for help. Mm. Uh-huh. And then they think, oh, but this person's done this. Meanwhile, they forget about themselves, you yeah. know. Um, I was very fortunate, you know, um, I made some good friends there and they, they, they were not judgmental in any way. Um, anything that I brought up, you know, oh, it's okay, Robin, you know, let, let's pray about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. 
and they're very supportive in everything. Um, some of the guys are still my friends today. Um, and, you know, I'm very fortunate. One, one of them is still here in Arari, um, Robert Manjengwa. He was a, a great friend, you know, a very, very good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw me through some of my ups and downs and, you know, even like at church, you know, yeah. where I've been through some stuff, the guys around me, those people that, are, that truly become your friends, yeah. they will support you no matter what you go through. They will not judge you. And above all else, they'll point you towards God mm. and, yeah. and, and His principles. You know, Were there it, um, times when they gave you like tough love, like when you messed up or anything? Like how would they deal with you when you would backslide or when you I think, would relapse? I think, I think one of the biggest things was being challenged as to why I was doing those, Yeah, uh, those things. Um, and just, you know, the making you think about what you're doing, mm. you know, and just r- real conversations, you know. Um, you know, we all do some shady stuff in our lives, but <laughs> <laughs> I would never regard myself as a coward. Um, it might sound a bit egotistical, but, I, you know, if, if an issue comes up, I'll try and face it. Yeah. Um, and it's not always comfortable. But you know that if you have good friends around you that will give you good advice, they will stand by you and help you walk through everything. Right. You know, and, and that's the kind of friend that I want to be to the people around me, you mm. know, where I have been shown unconditional love by my friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Kud has been one of those friends. Tommy's been one of those friends. Um, you know, Dennis has been one as well, you know, where people just want you to be happy. They want yeah. you to be whole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for your daughters, how, what advice do you give them in terms of the kind of friends that they keep around them? Because there's obviously that whole bad company corrupts good morals Absolutely. teaching. And then there's also, you need to show people the love of God. Mm. So yeah. And on one hand you have your parent or your youth leader telling you, you need to be careful. The friends you keep stay away from people like this. Yeah. And then those are the same people you're supposed to yeah. minister to. Um, you know, there's a very simple answer to that question. You know, um, raise your children in the ways of the Lord and they will not depart from them. Um, you know, so that's what we try and we make sure that our kids will try and be the positive influence mm. um, that above all else, our kids will always try and show love. And and if there is an issue, talk about it. Yeah. You know, the pressures of life these days, you know, my wife and I have some heated discussions periodically <laughs> and it, it happens, you know. And yeah. so we'll always go back to our kids and you say, you know, guys, it's not wrong to argue about something as long as you resolve it. You know, because there's no point fighting with somebody if you can't sort it out. You know? Yeah. Um, what were you doing? Yeah. Okay. So the, the question I want to ask, Robin, is you, you've been on this journey. You know, you know what it's like. You've basically experienced it. Um, what are some of the signals, some of the signs that you can see that someone is either addicted or is on the path to addiction? Because... Uh, I think one of the challenges that's there is that, like you rightly mentioned, people suffer in silence, mm. right? Especially in church. Yeah. People, people struggle with all kinds of things. I remember there's a day that we had like a, a session with some of my band guys. This is back in the day. Some of my band guys where we were just, it was just like a realness session. And, you know, some of the guys started confessing stuff that I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, like I was shocked. Not that I'm like Mr. Righteous or mm. anything, but I, I was surprised like one of the guys was like, he's been struggling with porn for a very long time. And I used to look at this guy and I used to think, oh, this guy is just like the most. Got it together. He's, yeah, he's got it together. 
And then you start discovering that guys mm. have been battling all these things. And as I'm saying that, I don't want to exclude the ladies as well because it can it can make it sound like we're just focusing on yeah. on issues that guys face. But mm. this is actually cutting mm. across across genders, the the two genders. So um, <laughs> thanks for adding that. <laughs> what I want to know is how can you tell, or is it possible to to tell when someone is is on that path? Mm. Yeah, so much is done in secret. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? A lot of it is done in secret. I know, like my mom didn't know, my wife didn't know. Um, there, there is a lot that's done in secret, and you do a lot to cover it up. Hey? Yeah. You put a lot of effort to make sure that people <laughs> don't tricks. know. You know, because um, you're ashamed. I think to some yeah, degree, one hundred percent. And it's not the shame from the people around you because they don't know. It's that self-condemnation, the, yeah. the condemnation of the, the devil perking in the shoulder. Guess what you did today? Mm. Guess what you did yesterday? And, you know, a, a lot of people will withdraw. You know, they become quiet and stuff mm. like that. Um, I know that's what I did to some of my closest friends um, mm. when I was going through a, a particular period. I really withdrew. Um, and you'll find, like, people become very vague with details. Hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, you know, just chill, whatever. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know it's, 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 a, it's a very easy way of giving some detail to satisfy a person, yeah. but right. w- without having to be real. Yeah. Um, you know, so withdrawing is a, it's a, it's a huge telltale. Uh-huh. You know, <clears throat> um, some things will make a person nervous. Um, some things will make a person not sleep, so you'll start to see bags under their eyes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, weight loss is a big thing. You know, some people become very skinny, they lose weight. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it really depends what the problem is. Yeah. You know, what the addiction is. Um, and the biggest way to tell is be a friend. You know, be be a friend that is real. Be a friend that's honest and loving and caring. Um, if I didn't have those friends, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been able to face half of the stuff that I've been, mm. you know, so, you know, a person that goes through issues, they need, they need friends that they know they can be honest with and they know that's not going to judge them. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that, that was one of the biggest factors in my life. Yeah. Um, it, it, it helps you to motivate yourself to be a better person. Yeah. You know, you, you start to feel these guys, they love me so much. And you know, as a as a friend that's showing the love of God, it it, it helps a person to think, I'm loved, I'm not condemned, but why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that 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 constant love, that constant caring almost drives you to the point where you're crazy. And you you're like, they just won't leave me alone. You know? <laughs> I'm just you know. Yeah. And that was that was a big factor for me, just knowing that I was loved and that that really helped me to to really focus on God and see what what is this that that drives them to just care and and just be there for me mm. you know so that I would say is probably the biggest piece of advice that I could ever give is you know be be a friend that you would want, yeah, you know a person that doesn't judge a person that cares no matter what. You know, and that's that's probably the biggest piece of advice I'll ever give anyone, you know, especially knowing that I might have a friend that has a problem. You know, um, I have a friend that I would consider probably closer than a brother. And 
if we didn't care for each other as much as we do, we wouldn't be able to talk about half the things that we do. That's good. Yeah. So that's from the outside looking in. What about when you're the person who's in it? What sort of signs can you look for in yourself to see that, oh, okay, I think I'm kind of getting addicted to this thing? That's a good question. Good so question. anything that's out of balance is an, is basically an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that you that you like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this, or you have to have it every day or mm-hmm. more than once a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, just by my just by my own standards, yeah, I, I would consider that a, an addiction. You know, if you can't go without a beer for a week or yeah. a day or a month, yeah, I would consider that an addiction. You know. If you, it's it's all relative to somebody else. Um, you know, people say, oh, but you drink so much coffee. Okay, so I'll stop for a week. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, can you switch it off? Yeah, I can still function just yeah. fine. You know, um, uh, you know, and anything that doesn't line up with God's word, you know, as, as young Christians, as we are, we're called to live a life of purity, you yeah. know, is what you're doing right in the eyes of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'll find if you have a very faint question mark, I'd say you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's a question that we don't ask ourselves enough anymore. That is, is this thing right in the eyes of God? We just kind of want to um, want to be vague about stuff. But can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If if we are such strong young believers, why don't we have the courage to say that, ish, you know, God, I have this problem. You're my father. Can't you help me with this? Yeah. You know, everyone's about me and I. Okay, so yeah. if you're so introspective and you're so narcissistic, why can't you deal with your own issues? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, the whole entitlement millennial mentality just it drives me nuts. Because that on its own is an addiction because you're addicted to self. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Why, why can't you focus your life on somebody else? Mm. You know, I'm fortunate. I'm married. I have my kids and I've got my amazing wife and I focus my energy on them. You know? Cool. Yeah. You, if you're a young single person, there's people around you that need help. You know, you're a young Christian. Pray for everybody. Mm. If you're yeah. feeling lonely, go and talk to somebody. Someone needs to know about God. Yeah. Get yeah. off your butt and do something, you know? <laughs> or off your phone. Yeah, get off your phone. Look up. There's a yeah. whole world around you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I like what you're saying, Robin, especially <clears throat> just the whole thing about, about love. You know, that, that word has come up a lot of times in, in your, um, as, as you've been talking. And Jesus, you know, that does tell us, or the Bible does tell us that, the greatest, it's Paul who says, the great, and the greatest of these is love, mm. 1 Corinthians 13. And um, I, I think what I, what I love about, about your story is the fact that you, you had people around you who are willing to be real with mm. you. And for me, that's the first thing that I, I think, you know, with, with everything that's going on in our world today, we actually need to be real. Yeah. And being real means that you've got to start with yourself. To look, to, to look at where you're at as a person, to look mm. at your own life, to do an examination. And Paul even goes on, you know, Paul, Paul says that examine yourself to see if you're in the faith, yeah. Yeah. you know. But just the whole thing about, about love. And I think just for our listeners, my, my challenge would be, 
Um, because this, you know, the reason why we're doing this episode on addictions is not because we want to give people advice on how to to deliver yourself from addictions. You know, we're not like psychologists or you know, those, <laughs> those those addictions people. You know, well, I'm not that. Maybe T Mag is. So, <laughs> but I think it's really more from how can we become more real? If somebody comes to you, or if you can see that a friend of yours is going through stuff, or they they're starting to show signs that there may be a problem. Even if someone approaches you and says, "Hey, listen, I've been struggling with this." Yeah. You know, are we are we the kinds of people who will love love on them and 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 just really be there for them yeah. unconditionally? Even mm. if somebody is not changing, because you know sometimes it gets annoying when mm. someone keeps coming back yeah. with like the same Brad, issue. You're like, yeah. "Come on, seventh come time on, you've answered the altar." But you know, can we? Can we? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> But can we can we love on people and genuinely show them the love of God? Because yeah. from, from what you're saying, it wasn't just the preaching mm. that got you to that place. It was, it the, was, people it was the people walking alongside you. Love. So that that's really challenging for me. That yeah. you know, how, how can I show how can I show love to more people? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know that's why I take it from the perspective. You know, I would want a, a friend to be unjudgmental, completely. Don't judge me. I have my issues. Just just listen. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I want a friend that is just, you know, you can sit in the same room and it's okay. You don't have to say anything. I know you're there. I know you love me. I know you care for me. Just, we're in the same room. That's cool. You know, to have a friend that can just be in the same room and just make sure you're okay. Not say a word. But also a friend that you can say, Ish, bro, please, can you pray with me? I'm, I'm struggling with porn. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with what. And they'll do that with you. You know, a friend that you can say, hey, bro. It's a good day. Let's go for a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, or, hey, man, you know, I heard this happened. You know, can I help? You know, be a friend that you want. Yeah. You know, um, who was that now? Um, Stephen Furtick. You know, his, his wife shared an interesting message that I heard quite a while ago. You know, uh, give what you want. You know, be the friend that you want. You know, if you're married, love your wife the way that you want to love. You know, you know, or vice versa, you know. You, you got to give something that you want in return, you know. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, if somebody hits you, well, go and clout them back. No, turn the other cheek, you know. If you, if you really care about people, if you really want people to have a good influence on you, will you be a good influence to help them get out of their problems? Love them, man. Yeah. You know, um, Todd, Todd White, you know, he was, if you think my story is a bit radical, his was crazy, you know, and what changed him? The love of God, the love of Dan Moeller. That, that changed his life was love. Yeah. What brought you to Christ? Love. You know, love, true love is something that inspires change. You know, and that, that's the amazing thing about God is if it wasn't for God's love, I would never change. Yeah. You know, I would never, I would never have the confidence to face my issues, you know, yeah. to, to face my addictions, to face the demons in my closet. I would, I, would, I would never have the confidence to do that if I did not know that God loved me unconditionally, if I did not have friends that I knew that loved me unconditionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... Um, thank you so much, Robin, for sharing your story. And <clears throat> I think there's so many things that, that we can glean from from that. Yeah. And just to, to our listeners, and if there's anybody out there who's 
listening who's either had questions about addictions or maybe who's even you know going through their own issues where addictions are concerned i think one of the most inspiring um one of the most inspiring things about robin's story is the fact that you know god god is there to deliver you god is there to set you free and that god loves you un unconditionally you know and and i think another another thing is that it's a journey it's a process mm. so always remember that the fact that you're at a certain place in your journey um doesn't mean that you've, you you you're not gonna you're not gonna get there it's, yeah. a, it's a journey it's not gonna be an instant an instant thing so so thank you so much for sharing that um i'm Amen. cookie monster and i am t-mac thank you again robin for sharing with us that was awesome pleasure awesome. catch you guys next week peace peace <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.